Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by CustomInc.com. Are you planning a family reunion? If so Custom Inc. can help you get apparel with your family's name on it. The whole family can walk around a public park looking like a bunch of prize-ass clowns. Today, on the anecdotal experience, I'm happy to be here. I sound like a downer, I feel as though, but I'm happy. Lena's happy to be here. Lena's my cat, if this is the first time you've listened. If if this is the first time you listened, it's not me talking about myself. The podcast is a, it's like an opinion, but storytelling podcast. People talk about their own experiences, what they've been through, the stuff they've done, the lessons they've learned. Today, our guest is Brett Bowser. Brett's been on the podcast before. He's had some really great episodes. He quit comedy a while back, and he kind of talked about his experience doing comedy and quitting. We had another episode where we talked about, uh, kind of like, I mean, it sounds cliche, but we talked about political correctness, and uh, we both had two experiences that we talked about dealing with that, but today we talk about loving what you do, cutting out the bad things in your life, and enjoying your life. That's really what it comes down to. I can't put it any other way. If you want a sweatshirt, call me. Let's do this with my friend, Brett Bowser. But, so, okay, for me, what this is now, me being, and I've explained this on the podcast, but like, me not having strangers in my apartment comes down to like, I didn't like it. And it was like, it was stressful for me. Um, and it was time consuming. And it didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't scale for my life. Like I was like, I don't, I'm spending my, I'm spending a lot of my time doing something I don't want to do. So mm-hmm. I morphed it into something I want to do, which is talk to, People I know or people that know what they want to talk about over the phone, just knock it out and then hang up the phone and only take 45 minutes of my time versus, you know, three or four hours in total planning and like coordinating and all that stuff. And then people talk after and hang out. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean, because that's kind of like why I quit comedy and like now what I'm doing with the album of just like I'm not going to every open mic and uh, does this work and whatever and let me drive two hours for five minutes like whatever I show up where I want to I say what I want to say and if people laugh cool if not fuck you I'm saying it anyways but I'm not I'm not going to bend over backwards and, and inconvenience myself to the point where it's not enjoyable anymore yes you gotta do you got to do everything on your own terms. Right. Yeah. Or you'll hate your life. Mm-hmm. So what was that? What was that like? Decide. Cause all right, you quit comedy, go back and listen to yeah. Brett's, uh, first episode. <laughs> you quit comedy, yeah. uh, and listen to the yeah. second one too. Cause that one had a lot to do with that too. But, um, so you quit and now, what makes you want to come back and 
do this album? Because the last time I talked to you, you seemed pretty content being uh, done with doing stand-up comedy. Uh, yeah. And that was, that was certainly like, I feel like this is going to like bookend the other episode because that was me coming to the dark side of nihilism of like, nothing really matters. Who cares? Why do we even do anything? And now I'm on like the happy side of nihilism. Like, okay. It doesn't really matter. So who cares? <laughs> um, but being able to like recognize what parts of my life are like, giving me the most stress and, and like everything that you do has some sort of like stress factor to it, right? Everything costs money, everything that you have to work to make the money to pay the, for the thing that you love to do. Um, and just really taking an inventory of how much money am I spending? How much time am I spending? And how happy does this really make me? The sacrifice. And Yeah. And if it, if something is consuming your life so much to where like it's making you miserable and you can't honestly justify doing it, you just gotta kind of cut it out of your life. Yeah, no, it's, um, that shows up in a lot of ways, man. I've seen so many people with relationships, uh, jobs, mm -hmm you know, like even like stand up or whatever, you have this idea of how you can fix it, how you can like contort it and how it's one day going to be okay and all be worth it. But meanwhile, life's going by and you're pretty miserable. Yeah. And that's like, I've been doing a lot of that here lately of, you know, uh, I guess, <laughs> you know, another, another dream of mine was you know, like always going back to work for the company that I'm working for now. Um, when I worked for them like five years ago, um, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid and I liked the flavor. I mean, the, you know, it's a cult like every other corporate job is, you know, but I really enjoyed the people there. Um, I really enjoyed like the company structure and everything. And, you know, I got, uh, I got the opportunity to go back there and, it's made me miserable ever since because it's not what I really wanted to do. They kind of lied to me about what it is they were doing. And so like that's been bugging me, but then like other aspects of my life were bugging me. Like I had a pet that was just not a good pet. Like all you really have to do, like any animal should just be, you feed it and then it lets you cuddle it because it has Stockholm syndrome. And that's, how pets work oh you feed me i love you the end yeah. so if you feed something and it doesn't love you then you just have this needy asshole that's living with you yeah Take them out. <laughs> no i agree man i had a my i had a dog that died and i took care of the dog um and i've i just gave i gave and that dog took and took dog died and my life was better yeah, I mean, and it, it sounds like a little selfish to be like, but I mean, you save a lot of money, you don't have that extra cleaning up to do and whatever. Yeah. I mean, and if the animal didn't really, like, show affection to you, then you're probably not any, you're probably less lonely. Yeah, because it, <laughs> yes, 
Because it, yeah, it can so be you don't a have something staring at. You. Yes. Yeah. 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 You don't have to stare at something and be like, "I want to hold it." You can just be like, "Well, I don't have anything to hold." Okay. Cool. Right. There's not like a reminder of like, "I, I, your rabbit. I don't even love you. I don't want you to touch me. I'm gonna hop away if you come near." And you're like, "Oh, yeah. dear. I am very lonely." Yeah. Yeah, I know you've been at a job that demands everything from you and nothing that you do is good enough and you're absolutely miserable, but think, I'm going to be in your house too and I'm going to need everything from you and I don't love you either. It's like, okay, well, you don't pay the rent, stupid rabbit, get out. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard. It's hard. I feel like there's a stigma attached to like getting rid of a pet, but the reality yeah. is, man, it's, it's just... You, it's, it's this, it goes back to how much you put in, how much effort you put Mm -hmm. in, how much of a sacrifice it is and what you get from it. Does it benefit you? Are you fulfilled from it? If you have a pet that sucks, like my pet, my pet, I love my pet. It is, uh, it holds up its end of the deal. It's pretty Mm -hmm. low maintenance and I, I like it. It's friendly with people. We have an arrangement. But, yeah, and it, and it as long as it's working for you and like you're both happy, then it's fine, you know. And it's it's not like I know that stigma comes from like people, the impulse people who are just like, oh my god, it's cute, I gotta have it, and and then like two months later, like, oh, this is a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Like, I had my rabbit for two years and bent over backwards, like got him neutered and gave him all the extra like treats and toys and you know, whatever, like spent like a lot of time and effort trying to like payment and whatever. And like, I knew it was going to be work, but I, I saw everyone else like who had rabbits had like cute little, you know, cuddly things around. I was like, okay. And then I just got a bad one. It happens, you know, and <laughs> they have personalities too. So no, that was know, the, yeah. Yeah, for all, all your listeners that actually, I got in a fight with someone because they're like, I just wouldn't be that irresponsible. I'm like, well, fuck you. You don't know me. You don't know the effort that I put into trying to make this work. It didn't work, and so we part ways. I'm like, that's what were they yeah, accusing you? Rabbit, but why were they accusing <laughs> you of being irresponsible? Because uh, well, one, they didn't know me. They were just like, well, I just wouldn't get a pet, and then get rid of it because I don't like it. Okay. And like, well, then you sound like the kind of person that's like, well, I'm really miserable in this relationship, but we do have a house together and I don't know how I divide up my stuff. So I'll just sit here and be miserable in this relationship for the rest of my life. Maybe I'll have a kid and that'll make it better. Yeah. Yeah. People, people are afraid of ripping off the Band-Aid. And the Band-Aid for you is saying, dude, fuck this rabbit. Go be free in the forest and be an <laughs> ingrateful piece of shit out there. You know? that's Because yeah. that's you got to love yourself, you know, and get rid of that dumb rabbit. Yeah. And just finding, like, like not just the rabbit, but, you know, like, some other like toxic friends or toxic hobbies or something like that. You know, like, um, I got rid of, you know, all my magic cards cause that they were fun. But then like I was, took the inventory of like, okay, so I'm spending a lot of money playing this game <laughs> that I don't really play as often. And when I do, 
it's not as fun, you know, because like either like people will be like, we want you to be around, but we don't want you to be good at the thing that you're good at. And so like they give me shit when I win and like, then get better at the, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don't be mad at me because I'm good at something. You get better. Okay, so ultimately this hobby was creating more negativity in your life than it was bringing joy. Yeah. So you're done. Yeah, I just uh I found someone who uh <laughs> found someone who traded me a bunch of Legos for magic cards. I know, super nerdy right now. But I get to build Legos. I don't have to deal with anyone uh harping at me if I don't do it quite the way they want to. I get what I want out of it. Well, okay, was it the people or was it the magic cards? It honestly is the people. More Maybe. than anything. I mean the the game is fine. It's just you know, trying to de- interact with again, uh people have their own like expectations and stuff. Um you know, and if I go in like I expect to I mean, it's a game. I want to play to win. I think that's that's fair to say of any game. I don't know a lot of people that go out to play baseball that enjoy, like, picking dandelions in the outfield or people who walk in, like, I'm going to try and pitch really silly and, and see how this works out. Like, no, I mean, you play a game to win. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And what this sounds like to me, and I've been in this situation because I, like you, am am very competitive. Um, And I I play games because I like competition. I don't play games for any other reason. Um, Yeah. But sometimes you get in these environments where people are like, we're just having fun. We're goofing off. We're breaking the rules. We're just like getting wacky and weird. You know, and it'll infuriate me because I'm like, what are we doing? I'm here to play a game and I don't know right. what y'all are here to do, but it isn't follow the rules and like compete. So it sounds like to me, like it's, I think, I don't know, maybe there's just not a lot of magic players in the community, but I feel like you could have a really good time if you found people that were on just better friends where you can connect on the level of like, dude, let's duke it out with these magic cards. Yeah, and, like, the the people that were kind of playing on my level that I enjoyed have, like, other things going on in their lives, and it's not a priority for them. You know, like, they've got new houses that they moved into, and they've got kids, and so, you know, we don't have that time to spend together, um, like, kind of across the board. And then, like, the people that do have the time to spend with it, I don't really enjoy their company as much because it's not a relaxing, enjoyable time, it's, oh, well, I want you here, but I don't want to play against you because you're going to win, and I hate that you win all the time. Cool, then I just won't show up, and then you don't have to feel bad by my presence being here, and I don't have to feel bad because you're making me feel bad. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough finding people you connect with and can be on the same page with. Um, And I've had those... Yeah, I've had those experiences with in my family, especially with being like a game family, like a competitive gaming family where it I don't know, it can be that way. You know, it can like it can be really fun, but can also 
be oh man i was listening to zuckerberg today on freakonomics but he was saying like technology can be a tool to heighten it can be height it can heighten fun and joy and like cool experiences but it can also heighten extreme negativity so competition is a really cool thing but it can really bring out the worst parts of a person right yeah i absolutely absolutely agree and i think it's just a matter of you know as silly as it sounds like i feel like the the overarching theme of all this is whether it's like your pets or your relationships or your hobbies or your job you know just try to find people that are on the same level or at least find a way to be able to justify the amount of time and energy and resources and stress going into something to make, to make it worthwhile so that you have the energy to get out of bed in the morning and not slit your wrists. Yes. Yes. You got it. Like every, do your best to make every minute of your day enjoyable. Obviously you're going to have to, there's things you're not going to like during your day, but like if it's within your control, if, if going to a D and D or a magic, the gathering or going to a comedy open mic, going and seeing um, a friend or something like that, that you don't particularly like all those things that you wake up in the morning. You're like, fuck, I have to go do this. Don't go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's a job, if you hate your job, if you hate waking up in the morning, maybe your job pays well. But if you're like, I wake up in the morning and I just don't want to be alive, it's on you to fix that. Right. Exactly. And there's ways that you can, you know, identify like what your solutions and what your options are and then like work towards those. You know, like I, for some ungodly reason, with all of my reporting and analytics and IT background, ended up in inventory management. I have no clue how they put me there. That's where I'm stuck for the moment. But I'm not stuck as in, oh, this is the rest of my life and I can't do anything. No, I've been networking with friends inside and outside of the company. I've been trying to take advantage of different resources that they have to build my skills up and meet with other people. And like, I'm actively working on a, like, here's my path to get me out of here. And they're like, Oh, well people, this usually takes like six years before anyone does it. And it's like, well, I'm going to start it today. So in October, when my one year comes around, we can put the plan into action. So in two years I can be out of here. Yes. Cause that can, that going back to waking up the morning, having those goals and knowing what you want is super helpful as you can say, like, I'm about to go in and do a job I hate, but I, I have a goal. I have a plan to make to get where I want to be soon. And my day isn't just doing the job that I hate. It's strategically doing what I do in a way that will get me to the place I want to be. Yeah. And, and that's I mean, it's a lot of work to like take ownership of yourself, you know, and, and yeah, there's, I mean, I, I hate to sound like Ayn Rand about this, 
Um, because I feel like she, if you get fanatical with her, you become a heartless bastard. Right. But I mean, being able to take inventory of yourself and being honest with yourself of this is what I like. This is what I want to do. This is what I hate. What's my balancing act between what I like and what I hate. Can I get a 60, 40? And if it's tipped too far in one direction, um, what do I need to do to balance that out? Like, what are my options? What, how do I get myself out of my situation as best as I can? And who is my support system? You know, what's going to get me there? Yeah, no, I, I, I like how you said it's, um, you know, it, I, you don't want to sound too Ayn Rand, but like, it is like, it's up to you to take control of your life and like evaluate it and say, hey, I'm pretty miserable. Maybe let's work to make it so tomorrow I'm not so miserable. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, let's take it out of we're not telling other people this, but I'll, I'll apply it to my life. I look at my life and I say, hey, I hate this part. I hate hanging out with this person. I hate going to this thing. I hate this. I don't want to do this. I don't have to go, you know, and I might disappoint some people. People might be upset, but I got to love myself, man. And I got to say, hey, I'm spending large chunks of my day being miserable and I don't want to. Yeah. So what, what brought you back to say, you know what, comedy was definitely a thing that wasn't fulfilling me and wasn't making my life better, but now, now you're back. Uh, so I, I know, like, you know, to reference that, I, not to completely rehash, you know, the, the first episode, but... You know, a lot of things that I've talked about of like, you know, these people are not worth uh, the stress that they're doing to me, the time and the money that I'm pouring into it. I'm not honestly getting anything out of it. Um, and so much of that was, again, I was letting myself be controlled by, um, well, I have to make the audience happy and I have to make the bookers happy. And, and how am I being perceived here? And how are people perceiving me there? And, and I can do really great over here, but not over over uh, at this other place. And, and how do I be good in both places? Oh my gosh, this is so much. To where I was, I thought the answer was just cutting all, <laughs> cutting all of it out, instead of just being like, like again that that first initial embrace of nihilism where nothing really matters it was a little on the dark side of it to where it's like, yeah, let's just get rid of all of it. I don't care about any of it whatsoever. Yeah. Like the baby out with the um, bath water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, probably, uh, cut some ties. It probably didn't necessarily need to be cut, but for my own sanity at the time I did it anyways. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I still enjoyed like having something to say and it was kind of like always in the back of my mind anyways. of like, I've got this stuff. I, I'm such a completionist. Like I started this stuff. I kind of don't want to just 
be like Prince and have this vault of things sitting somewhere, you know? So I kind of always wanted to just finish it. And, uh, just finding like the open mics that I wanted to go to of like friends, you know, like they're starting, they're starting up their open mic. I know how important it is to have audience members. I know how important it is to have actually funny people uh, when you're starting an open mic so that it's not just, you know, open micers. <laughs> yeah. Ruin. Yeah. Ruining customers experiences. Cause they, we're being ambushed by someone thinking it's cool to say the N word. Yep. I've, I know, I know the mic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it was mostly like me just going to support friends and I was like, well, I've got this stuff. I'll say it. We'll just see what happens. And, uh, and you know, it were, I would do well. And it reminded me why I enjoyed it. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, let's just throw it out there. You know, and I, I had a feeling that I've got enough stuff and I could build up a little bit more. And um, I don't know. I like to argue that I didn't quit comedy. Comedy quit me. Because, <laughs> you know, it's all about me. Yeah. And uh, so I submitted for an art festival. Um, I got accepted. And I'm like, well, I guess... Uh, guess I'm doing this. guess I'm recording number two. Um, and I don't care, you know, <laughs> like I know I've got some good jokes. I know I've got some things that I want to say that really aren't funny, but I want to say them and I don't care. Like it's not, if I know I'm not going to get booked, I know there's no money in this. I'm going to put it out for free for people to download. Um, there's no real dream or ambition. You know, I still have that, that aspect that none of it really matters, but that's so liberating to know that none of it really matters. So I'll just say whatever I want, put whatever I want out there. There's no money. So there's no expectation. So I will be disappointed. Yeah, dude, that is exactly, um, that's me too, man. I, I feel the same. Everything I do, I'm, I've, I think it was, uh, it was, it, I mean, it's a pretty, it's really trite, it's pretty much every religion, but like, once you die to yourself, once you let go of your ego and being validated and all your aspirations of being successful and whatever you want to do, just like come to terms with the fact that you'll never get validation, you'll never be a star, you'll never be wealthy off this stuff and really once you come to terms with that and once you've dealt with the reality and you say like oh i'm not gonna get there then you can really ask yourself once you die to yourself and your ego you can say what do okay what do i i'm only on earth for you know what 80 years like what do i want to spend my time doing yeah oh my gosh yeah <laughs> Like, what do you want? Like, you want to do an album? Do you want, to, do you want, like, do you want people to like your album? Do you want people to share it? Do you want it to go viral? Do you want it to go, you know what I mean? Do you want all this, you know, is this, is this what you aspire to? Or do you just want, do you just want to do it? You know, do you just like want to yeah. have done and said what you wanted? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's really it is just, 
I've got, I feel weird having like 20 ish minutes that I never really saw through to the end. I've written like another 20 minutes um, subconsciously just through tweeting throughout the years and collecting thoughts and just being myself. I'm like, Oh, I guess I still got it. So screw it. And this is a thing that I do. That's it. And I'll put it out and yeah. And some of them, uh, you know, and some of the people that I care about are excited for it. Um, and I'm just going to do this for them. And if they want to tell their friends about it and pass it along, cool. I mean, I, I am going to be egotistical enough to send a copy to Samantha B and John Oliver. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and if yeah. nothing happens, that's fine. I mean, it saves me the money and hassle of moving to New York and putting in the grind and put really getting to be known in the scene and do it for 25 years. Like uh, Ted Alejandro and tell jokes to six people in the cellar. Yeah. And not sometimes... the comedy cellar. A seller. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know, I know what you mean. Sometimes um, opportunity can be, or the lack of opportunity can be a relief. You know what I mean? Because that might not even yeah. be like, I came to, I, I realized that like, I got to a certain point in my life where I was like, I don't, I don't want to write for a TV show. There was a time in my life where I'm like, oh, that would be so great if I could get a job on a, TV show, but now it's like, dude, if I were to get the opportunity to write on, uh, I don't know, some, something, you know, whatever, some, right. Yeah. It doesn't matter if, if I were to get reached out to, and like, they said, do you want to write on this? I probably wouldn't take the job because I don't want to sit in a writer's room and write jokes for someone else. I just, that's not what I want to spend my time doing. I'd rather, uh, be developing software. Right. Yeah, because at least when you're developing software, uh, you can tell whether or not what you wrote works or not. Yeah, and it's I can do that. I can do software. I can sit all day and write code. I cannot. I could not. Even if it was like, it, I could not sit in a room all day with other people and like bounce ideas off and have to deal with other people's egos and emotions and my own and rejection mm -hmm. and like writing these jokes, maybe I'm not really feeling it, maybe I didn't get any jokes in, maybe I did get jokes in, but I feel like, I don't feel good about it because I feel like I'm not, it's gone in a different, you know what I mean? There's all these things where I'm like, I don't want to be creative for my job, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, comedy doesn't have a statement of work. Of, no. We need you to write this with this specific goal in mind that is clearly measurable and we're going to pay you a lot more for it than comedy. <laughs> exactly. And it's once money gets involved, it's like, I'm blessed enough to be at a point in my life where I'm like, I don't, I can be artistic. I can make cool stuff. I can put whatever I want to do out there and do whatever I want. And I don't have to give a shit if anyone likes it or if it's marketable because I have a job. I'm fine. I spend all my day like, working really hard and making money. I don't need to make money off what I do that's artistic, you know? Right. And it'll, you know, if you, it'll most decidedly cloud or cloud up your, your idea and your vision. It'll 
it once money's involved it's it changes the art there's no way around it you know once it once it's a once someone gives you money to do something it's about making more money right when it goes from being an art to being a business and it it always will you yeah and then you really need to start treating it like a business and realize that like 80 percent of businesses fail yeah yeah it's um yeah there's it's it's tough but i think people need to understand that a little better i think people need to understand that art is not lucrative right yeah i mean it's clearly not respected enough to be valued the way it's just a different form of slave labor you know what this is going to get into a whole weird capitalism thing that's going to be completely off topic (laughs) well yeah either way we'll we'll put a we'll put a bow on that but ultimately yeah like it will bring it to validation or you know people liking you if we bring it back to that it's um i don't i mean the stuff that gets really popular you know think about like the memes that go viral or the dumb videos and stuff it's like I've seen that and I've seen these videos that are like, man, Mondays be like this. And then they got some dumb Kesha song that not Kesha is a bad example. Cause you love Kesha. Some dumb pop song. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, yeah. And then it's just something very like super mass appeal, just like generated. Cause people it's widely recognized. And I'm like, yeah, I could, I could make something like that. And it could, get a lot of it could get a lot of exposure but like i don't want to yeah like it's um it just I be mean, another well, kind thing of going back to Go yeah kind of going back to using your cash as an example uh she wrote uh till the world ends by britney spears oh and, yeah like, she's figured out her frame yeah she's like figured out her formula for herself and she's like, well, I can't make all these songs. So she'll just, here, this fits my formula. It's going to be a hit. Britney Spears, sure, I'll buy it. Oh, look, it's a hit. Who would have thought? Like, Right, and that's, she's actually, I mean, that's a good, I mean, let's just bring it to Kesha. She's like a good example because she was pumping out the jams, you know? That's what yeah. she did. It was just like, it was robot music. It was soda machine music. It was just like, it was the least, the like least common denominator, dude. It was. Yeah. Then I and feel like her latest album is like, oh, this is, you can tell this is something that she wanted. It's super personal. Yeah. And she's like, she's just putting it out because she's been through hell and whatever. And this is her story. And she just wants to tell it. Right, and both are both are good. Both are good. But yeah. which album do you think Kesha wants to sing live more? You know, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, man. So, so when uh, when do you think you'll be doing this album? Uh, so the re- recording date is Saturday, May twenty sixth, in Dayton, Ohio, at um, a really awesome arts festival. It's called. Uh, Sideshow. It's been going on for like 13 years now. They do um, sculpture, paintings, photography, 
live music all day. Um, I'm blessed enough that they're allowing stand-up comedy as a uh, as an art form. So, uh, and they're a great group of people. They're they love art. They're very open-minded. They're basically my people. <laughs> yeah. So I know I'm going to get a good recording there. It's not going to be a thing of you know as great as some of our local clubs are you still have to deal with club people and like, you know, free tickets come out tonight and yeah, the business side. Yeah. Well, yeah. uh, Yeah. No, I, May uh, 26th, right? Yeah. Three days after my birthday. Oh, four days before mine. What up? Gemini's. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm. I might be out there, but I. I don't know, man. I think I, I kind of want to go back to that, like when you said the positive nihilism, dude. It's it's something I've been thinking about a lot because people see sometimes when I I say like how I feel about a lot of things because there's so many things um, that I'm very. I don't get worked up about because in my head I'm like, it's all happening. There's good, there's evil in everyone. We're all doing our best and it all is so, it just, it doesn't matter. So like, let's have some fun and let's treat people with love and respect and then not worry about it, you know? Like I'm, I like my life, man. And it's good because a lot of it, I've already like died to myself. It doesn't matter. I'm just trying to enjoy my days with the people I love. Yeah. And that's, I, I wish if more people would just do like if everyone just did that and didn't get so upset about, Oh, you, you don't love the things that I love or you do, but you don't love them in the way that I love them. So you must be wrong. Like just who cares? Yeah. And it's let it go. <laughs> That's it, dude. It's just like, hey, man, relax. Even in, I don't know, even in like traffic or whatever, everything that people get upset about or they get upset about other people and the way they're treated, I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm the scumbag half of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm the guy. And I'm upset with this guy because this half of the time he's the guy? Like, dude, I'll be on the other thing, cutting a guy off in traffic, being a douche, doing whatever. It's all part of it. You got to, like, even... Here's something I've been thinking about. I've been listening to this podcast. um, I don't... I mean, it's... Basically, it's a lot of, like... It's a, like, relationship podcast. uh, And it's a lot of uh, men and women complaining about... um, relationships and like dating apps and saying oh men are trash or women are the worst or whatever and like complaining about the opposite sex but then a lot of times you hear them say things like like someone saying oh the guys will just like they'll ghost me or, or this girl just ghosted me can you believe that and then you'll hear them say later like i mean yeah i've done it before it's like we all do it you gotta understand yeah. like sometimes you break up with someone sometimes you ghost them sometimes you're not as tactful as you should have been sometimes you're not as mature as you should have been and sometimes people do that to you they're all just like in a spot that you were in previously so give them give them a break you know 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it, there's a beautiful synergy to life. Yes. Um, of, you know, when they're like, I, can you believe I got ghosted? Yeah, because you probably Irish goodbye every party you've ever been to. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. You've, you've deserved this. You're not. That's a thing, dude. Everyone's like, oh, like. Bumble and Tinder suck. They're like the worst. They're a waste of time. And I'm like, yo, they're not. Just take them for what they are. I feel like when people say that, they're like, they're just saying, I'm discontent with my life because I'm not married. It's like these these apps have like changed people's lives, you know, and introduced them to people that they never would have met and had experiences they never would have had. Um, and they're, if you look at them on paper, they're amazing things, you know what I mean? Because it gives you mm-hmm. a way to connect to someone. But people look at them and they say, it's Bumble and it's Tinder and it's Plenty of Fish. It's their fault that I'm not married and I'm not in a happy relationship. It's like, no, it's your fault. It's everyone's fault. We're all trying. And sometimes people, I mean, you're gonna, people... You're going to crack a bunch of eggs. You're going to do your best, but you're going to hurt people and you're going to get hurt. Yep. And just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to make an omelet. That's it, dude. It's just, you you can't, I don't know. It's, I, I think it goes to complaining too. Like you said, like taking control of your own life. I think when people are complaining, I'm like, hey, don't, why are you complaining to me? I can't change your life. You know who can? Probably you. Right. And it's, man, it's somewhere in the middle between, like, maybe you can change your life, but they need to be able to articulate how, you know? They, wait, they don't totally understand how to change their life? Um, so, again, I don't want to get, like, Ayn Rand fanatical about it of like you can fix all of your problems because you really can't fix all of your problems no. you know I mean there's a universe that's acting with you and, and against you at the same time and you need a support system but you know like you can probably like you probably do change people's lives um, just by existing and just being you and Sometimes people, if they say, well, I mean, <laughs> uh, well, I went to you one time and I said, hey, I don't like this job. And you put in a word for me. So, like, I would not have necessarily gotten that lead to that job by myself. But I was able to articulate, hi, Joey, I'm, this is my need. I identify you in this position. What can you do? And you helped, but it, you know, it wasn't, it's not like you're out there just doling out, (laughs) you know, free interviews to everybody, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting point, but you, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have a rebuttal to that other than I didn't really interpret it as like, complaining because I you you know we're friends and you opened up to me and said you know I don't really like my job um and then I you know I thought I had something that I could um help you out with 
and you took the opportunity and you worked really hard and did your best to put your best foot forward to, you know, help yourself up. Um, sorry, they kind of like did you dirty and ghosted you, but I mean, whatever, whatever life that happens. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, dude, we've all, you know, we're all, sometimes we're on one side, sometimes we're on the other, but I, I, I would say we're friends and you can, you told me, Hey, I'm not real content at my job. And then you did it, man. You were like, okay, well, this is an opportunity. I'm going to try really hard. And you did, dude. You studied up on like the software we used and tried to learn it and understand it. And that's, that's what's up, dude. That's what I'm saying is you putting forth the effort and say, hey, I'm going to fix this. I don't like what I do from nine to five. And I'm going to work real hard to try to enjoy what I do from nine to five. Yeah. You can complain. I mean, that's, that's it. <laughs> Here's what it yeah, is. Yeah, you can complain all you want, but if you're not willing to put some effort into it, I don't think anyone's going to want to put effort into helping you if you're not going to help yourself. That's it, man. That's what it is. You got to, some people, and I, I mean, I know you, and that's why I wanted to help you out because I was like, hey, this guy if I put in, a, I'll put, I'll vouch for you, you know, cause I'm like, this guy isn't, he's, he's good. He'll work hard. He'll get it done. I was like, I'm going to put my name behind this guy. Cause I believe in him versus someone that's just like, oh, I hate my job. Like I get, I've gotten people asking me like, Oh, help me. Like, is there any jobs over there? And I've been like, I know, man, like, no, right. Not like you, yeah you know, not for you. Like I can't, I can't, you know, but you in that situation, I was like, Oh, this guy is hardworking. I know. And I, and you did, you came through, man. You studied up, dude. You like figured out what we did. That's what you have to do. You have to work hard and try to get the job, you know? And I knew you would. And that's why I vouched for you. Cause you're not, you're not a complainer, man. You're a, you're a doer. I know. That's what I've always liked about you. Cause you just do shit. We're awesome guys, man. I know. Why can't everyone just be more like us? We're just out here in the real world, crushing life, and we got it all figured out. <laughs> I mean, where do we go on the podcast from here? <laughs> That's it, dude. What's uh? You gotta do. Okay, you gotta. You have, I'm doing this lately. It's like a closing thoughts, but it's something where you can tell people like, Hey, I'm Brett Bowser. And here's a lesson I've learned in life. Uh, take it, leave it, shove it up your butt. I don't care. But this is something I wish I would have known. It can be related. It cannot be related. Doesn't matter. I've, I've found myself a lot lately um, repeating to people. I, people who tell me that it's not an art, it's a science, usually don't understand art or science. Okay. What does that look like? 
Uh, I feel like they say, well, it's an art because they don't honestly know how it works. Like they don't know how to do their job. They don't understand the universe or relationships or just a basic Excel pivot table. Like, oh, it's an art how it happens. No, you can define everything. Right. Everything has a reason. You can figure it out if you you just study hard enough and think about it long enough. Yeah. No, everything breaks down. Everything's... Mm -hmm. No, that's true. I mean, I work in computer science, man. I've... Yeah. It's it's a it's a science, but at some level it becomes an art. And it, yeah, I know I know what you're saying. Sometimes when people are like, "I don't understand this," it's an art. I'm like, "You could understand it because it's for sure science. It's all science." Yeah. Would you say you can understand anything if you work hard? I want to say yes, and I will die on that hill because I know that is going to prompt a lot of, well, what about the things that we don't understand yet? I still think that with enough work and understanding, we can understand everything. Yeah, and at least try. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Anything anything else you want to plug besides May 26th? At the, what was the name of the festival in Dayton? Uh, Sideshow 13. Sideshow 13. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll just plug the album again. I mean, we're recording it May 26th, 8.20 p.m. Dayton, Ohio, Sideshow 13. Uh, the album is going to be called Final Thoughts. Because um, it, it may be my last one. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be, uh, everything's going to be Final Fantasy themed. You know, the last one was all X-Men Days of Future Past. So that's oh, going to yeah. be my Final Fantasy high, high concept album. <laughs> yeah. Listen to Too Soon on Spotify. Are you going by Vincent Holiday on stage or are you going by Brett Bowser? Uh, I'm going to put it out as Vincent Holiday. Okay. Keep the brand. Yeah, keep that brand going. Right on. Well, thanks a lot, man. Let's uh, pretend to hang up the phone real quick. All right. Sounds good. All right. Later, man. Bye.